Hey everyone, welcome to episode 84, Complimenting Your Kids. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. You guys are sending me the nicest emails and you're leaving the nicest reviews and you're tagging me on social media in your stories. When I get a tag from you, it is like my heart just does this flip-flop. First, I see a tag like so-and-so was tagged you. I'm like, what are they tagging me in? What's going on? And then it's about something that you heard on this little itty-bitty podcast and you're sharing with your friends and family. That is the ultimate compliment. So thank you because I know I tell you all the time, but this is so hard to do. This topic, I don't want anybody to put me on a pedestal. I don't want you to put my kids on a pedestal. I don't want you to think we're unicorns over here. We are just regular Joe Schmo, Janet Schmo, and her two kids just trying to live their best life and be... B minus. So Carla says, I cannot tell you how much I prayed for something like this podcast. Only seven episodes in and I feel a difference in my relationship with my daughter. I cannot thank you enough. Okay. Yes. That's me being verklempt. Yes. I like to cry. Crying is good. It's good therapy. And it gets me verklempt because I would have done anything for a podcast like this when I was struggling with Lily because she and I were like, if you see the fists going together, that was us every single day, like a hundred times a day, it felt like. And I just wanted some relief. I was like, something is wrong with me or with her. Actually, I thought something was wrong with her, not me, if I'm going to be honest. So when I say, when I hear that, that just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and ooey gooey because that's why I do this even though it's so hard to put myself out there, talk about this, leaves me open for criticism, which there's plenty of things to criticize because I'm B minus. I'm actually C slash D. So I just hope that the B minus work helps you become B minus because I'm telling you, I tried for five years, five years of my long, precious life to be a perfect mom because I didn't want to mess it up. And that's where I was messing it up. I messed up every single day, like big time messed up. Not just like, oh yeah, you forgot to put the clothes in the dryer and now you don't have clothes for volleyball. No, it was like, full-on crying myself to sleep with mommy guilt. So all that to say, my friend Jennifer told her friend Jennifer, and my sister's name is Jennifer, ironically, about our podcast because this is ours. You help me. I help you. It's a two-way symbiotic relationship. She says, hi, Kelly. Just a quick message to say how much I love your podcast. Jen is one of my dear friends from college, and she told me about you years ago. I deal with some behavioral stuff with my kids, and we regularly discuss your strategies. Some of my faves that I have on the top of my brain, she just sends this to me like just for fun. Like I didn't say like what resonates with you. She just like sends me this. I'm like, what is going on? The tooth fairy brain, comparison is the thief of joy, making soup, in calm times discuss what they like when they need to calm down, normalizing, I feel that way sometimes too, holding the space, normalizing complex emotions, messy moments, practice makes permanent, that's Angela Terry, principal at Big Cypress, let's go, shoot for B minus, laughing with my kids about my mistakes, and kids mirroring us. Thanks so much. I will continue to listen as I've not heard them all yet. I had to let you know that you have made a positive difference in my parenting. That, my friend, is all I'm trying to do. And I want you to take everything that I'm saying and take it with a big grain of salt and then apply it to your life. This is not the way. This is a way to parent. 
And we're having a lot of fun over here. So that's why I feel like I need to share it. And we weren't having a lot of fun before. So that's why I need to share it. And I see all of your comments and I see what you're struggling with. And I'm telling you, this is possible. If I can do this, anyone can do this. And the coolest part of it all is that your kids and spouse don't have to change a bit. Mine haven't changed a bit. You know what's changed? Me. And there's nothing wrong with me before. It's just the story that I'm telling in my brain. They don't have to be happy all the time. This is not kumbaya riding on unicorns, and that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. My kids, they get upset every day to every other day. They're 10 and 12 now, so they have a lot of strategies under the belt, and that's okay. I don't want you to think that like they don't get upset because people will say, how do you stop them from being upset? And I always say, stop getting upset that they're upset. You always want to connect on the emotion. When you connect on the emotion, then the behavior changes organically but it doesn't turn them into perfect little robots. And that's not what we want. We want them to feel all their feelings and know how to feel their feelings. There's nothing bad that's gonna happen. And the more that they can know that, the better. The more reassuring we are that we have those feelings too, boom, connection. When you have connection, you have, finish it with me, cooperation. So one thing that really worked well in the classroom was when I complimented my students, I always tried to make it about the character trait that I wanted to see more of from them. So if they were reading, instead of just saying, that's a good job, I'm so proud of you, you did great, being very specific with the praise and the compliments and where your focus goes. Because like Tony Robbins says, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if you're focusing on what your kids are doing wrong, which your brain will do without mind management, mind you, my brain goes there all the time. She put away the dishes, but she didn't put all the silverware away. She left the silverware tray out. My brain goes there and I'm like, it's okay, brain. She did the dishes. Let's focus on that. So you're always kind of like gently, just like I redirect Maggie when she flips out when there's someone at the door, even though it's Amazon filled with so much goodies. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. So always being aware and just gently guiding it back and giving it equal airtime. So what happens, it happens in three stages because when they're real little, they're just being aware of what you're telling them. They're not truly believing it yet. That comes later. Now, every kid is different. So I'm not going to say from zero to five, it's this, then five to 10, it's this, then 10 to 15, it's this, because every child's different. In the beginning, when you're telling them things about themselves, they are just aware of it. So I call it the being aware stage, not beware stage, the being aware stage. I wish it was one word, but it's not. It's three Bs, being aware, believing it, then becoming it. What do I mean by that? So in the beginning, when they're little, They're just being aware of what your thoughts about them are, and then they start to believe it about themselves, and then they become it. So if you're always focusing on what they're doing wrong, they're going to be aware of that. Then they're going to believe that they're always doing things something wrong, and then they're going to become more of that and doing more quote-unquote wrong, even though there is no right or wrong. But when we're filled with judgment and we're kind of nagging a lot, and we're always riding their case, they're aware of like, mom's not really a fan of me. Like she doesn't really think I'm the cat's meow. I'm kind of annoying to her. They pick up on that. Just like my kids will tell me when they have a substitute. They're like, that teacher didn't like us very much. It's kind of like when Mark Lykins said under his breath, she seems like she's always mad at us. That was so eye-opening to me. So just know that kids pick up on energy. They pick up on tone. Your words matter, but what matters more is your energy and the tone behind what you're saying. Because 93% of what we communicate is nonverbal. My kids would be in an assembly at school and I could literally let them know they were off track with my face, with my eyes, with my energy, with my presence. I wouldn't even have to interrupt the assembly. It was almost like they understand sign language. 
So the same thing works with our kids and the energy within our home. I'm always saying how absorbent they are. Some kids are way, way high absorbent. Some kids, medium absorbency, they're like paper towels. Some kids are on the lower end of absorbency, but they do absorb it all. So they're being aware of it, they believe it, then they become it. So I wanna start talking about how to talk to your kids and praise them and compliment them. There's no wrong way of doing it. There's ways that will work in your favor that will benefit you for the long term. There's awesome ways, and then there's more awesome ways. And all of the ways are incredible. What I try to help with you on this podcast is focusing on what they're doing right versus what they're not doing right. Whatever you focus on, you're gonna get more of that. It's true with anything, especially kids. They're just like, bring me to the light. What gets me attention? I'll do more of it. So when people say, well, when they're having a tantrum, I just ignore them. And I say, well, if that works and the tantrums subside or they get less than, then it's working. But we also have to support them and let them know during calm waters of what to do when they're having these big, messy, tricky emotions. I don't like to call them negative because they're just emotions. They're a vibration that go through our body. I have them every single day. Sometimes I have all of them. Sometimes I have five tricky emotions. Sometimes I have three. I wake up and sometimes my chest feels extremely tight like I can't breathe. Okay, okay, we're gonna do anxiety today. Okay, all right, I see you, I hear you. And then it loosens its grip versus, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious, I can't believe it. And nothing's even happened yet. That's just the ego coming in, just trying to help us, trying to protect us. There's a threat nearby. Oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. So I love this quote by Tony Shuda. And then she says, when you compliment your children, praise them for inner qualities such as kindness, honesty, and perseverance, so they will strive to contribute to the world in meaningful ways. As a teacher, when I was trying to have students grow in a certain area, because our kids are always growing and evolving, just like we're always growing and evolving. So if they're missing out on a skill, we don't get upset with them that they don't know how to read. What do we do when a child doesn't know how to read? We practice with them. We find their level. We help them. They practice independently. Same thing goes with emotions. Same thing goes with their self-esteem and their self-confidence and how they feel about themselves. I've talked about it in interspersed on the podcast about when you're complimenting them and when you're praising them and when you want to reinforce that behavior that you want to see more of, one of the most important things that I want to stress and why I'm creating a whole podcast dedicated to this is emotions we know that are always in the driver's seat. Emotions, when you're feeling motivated, you go and do something. When you're feeling depleted and empty, you lay on the couch. Emotions, which are driven from our thoughts, which I didn't even know until I just started doing all this work. I just thought emotions were emotions and they were based on the people around me and whatever they felt, then I was supposed to feel too. I didn't know that I had control over that. You know, in the model, it's CTFAR. I pretty much went CFAR. I forgot about the T line because I didn't think about what I was thinking. I just thought everything I thought was factual. Uh, no, the T-line is where all the work is. And you hear all the stories that you're telling yourself. It's so fascinating. So one of the things that worked really, really well with thousands of kids in the school and with my own too, not that they belong to me, they belong to God, just a little caveat, is that when you're complimenting a child and you're praising a child, yes, look at the effort. Yes, look at the character trait. Yes, look at what the emotion is. And then as you're doing it, reinforce to them how it must make them feel. This is life changing. So things like, let's say Grady brushes his teeth. Now I'm not gonna say, good job brushing your teeth, Grady, wow. I might say something like, I'm just so impressed of how much I can trust you to brush your teeth when I'm not even looking. Sometimes when I was a kid, I'd just be like, yeah, mom, I brushed my teeth. I'm like, you always are so good to your word. That must make you feel so honest. You must feel so proud of yourself. Now, I don't say all of that, but I say just a version of that along the way. And I'm teaching other moms to reinforce that must make you feel so proud about yourself. 
Because what happens is they turn into these teacher pleasers, parent pleasers, coach pleasers, band instructor pleasers, because they're always trying to get the compliment or the praise. And that's not always there. And that's okay. It doesn't always have to be there. But what happens is over time, they start to have a develop an inner voice where they're doing the right thing because it feels good to do the right thing. Not because of mom, not because of dad, not because of the coach, not because of the greedy, greedy grandpappy, not because of the band instructor, not because of the teacher. They're doing it because they have self-efficacy and it feels good to do good things. Does that make sense? Lily was showing me in her text about her friend who was in her gym class saying, there's certain apps that we allow and there's certain apps that we think, you know, let's just hold off on those apps. It's not just a free-for-all. So there's certain apps that she wants, certain apps that her friends have that she doesn't have. So she was telling me about a girl in her gym class who was teaching her all the different ways to get the apps without her parents knowing. And I couldn't believe she was telling me that because if she's planning on doing this, then she's pretty much like, the gig is up. And I said, oh, wow, that's pretty clever. You know, it was pretty clever. I was like, dang, because I was kind of a sneaky kid. Sorry, dad. I just kind of like didn't want to disappoint my parents or my teachers or my coaches. So I was like, "Ah, if I'm going to do something like that, I'm going to do it on the sly because I don't want to disappoint them. But I never thought about not disappointing myself. And so she said to her friend, she's like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. My parents would never know because they don't check on that stuff, but I would feel so guilty and I would be worried about the karma. And I was like, oh, because she's in seventh grade now. She's in the become stage where she's becoming more of what we've been telling her over and over and over what she is and who she is and what's so special about her and what makes her a beautiful child of God and how you're allowed to be imperfect and do all the things wrong. And that's okay. The love never goes away. It doesn't define you good or bad. If you get straight A's, it doesn't define you. If you get straight F's, it doesn't define you. Like nothing external defines their worthiness or their value. And so repeating that over and over and over day in and day out, they will be aware of it in the beginning. Then they start to believe it and then they become it. So Grady's more in the belief stage where, you know, we're studying spelling words on Monday and he's got them pretty dialed in really quick. And I'm like, dang boy, that's 23 words. These are hard words like gyroscope and pneumonia. I'm like, how are you doing this? I'm like, you have a photographic memory. Oh my goodness. You must be so impressed with yourself. He's like, mom, I don't have a photographic memory. That's just weird that you say that. I'm like, okay, okay. You have a very strong memory I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? It's almost like I'm asking him for advice on how to have a strong memory. And so now he starts telling me what he does to have a good memory when it comes to spelling these spelling words. Because they're not like in the, you know, when they're first grade words, it's hat, cat, bat. They're all in the same word family. But now they're like bigger words and words that are don't really have patterns. So you can learn a lot about a child when you say, how do you do that? You can kind of get into their mind a little bit about the strategies they're using, what works for them what excites them, what motivates them, like where are their triggers, and you're learning about their ways of processing things and what their inner dialogue is like. And when you can get tapped into their inner dialogue, that's when you start to strengthen it on that level. So when you're saying things like, you bring me so much joy, I just love being around you, for no reason, then they're kind of like, hey, look at me. My mama thinks I'm the cat's meow. Not where they get a big head, but they start to believe it about themselves because I think it's Peggy O'Mara, I think they have this on my website, The way that you talk to a child becomes their inner voice because they have no point of reference of who they are, what they are. So they go based on factual data from their feedback that they're getting from the outside world. And that's why when I'm helping parents, whether it's lose weight, stop yelling at their kids, have more fun in their marriage, have their house more organized, become a life coach so they can have time freedom with their kids, all of those endeavors that I help people with 
the reason why it's so motivating for me is because I know when the mom is proud of themselves, they're not going to go to their kids and spouse looking for their kids and spouse to affirm the mom. The mom will feel W-H-O-L-E herself or himself if it's the dad listening. Hey, dads. And then they're going to project that onto their kids. That is my total motivation for helping you. Whenever I help you in any of those areas, my motivation is because I know that you're going to start to feel ooey-gooey about yourself and start to put yourself on a pedestal, and you're going to start to see yourself as a miracle, and you're going to see yourself as worthy and whole and fulfilled and all those good things. And then I talked about in the podcast episode called Your Parents Lied to You about how the way that your parents thought about you had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with how they thought about themselves. And so I just want to remind you of that because now, fast forward, you get to, like I always say, take the good, take the bad, take them both in there. You have the stuff that you like that your parents thought about you, take it and then keep going. It's kind of like passing on a recipe. You take the parts, you're like, I think I want to add raisins to that. My dad adds raisins to everything. I'd be like, dad, you want some scrambled eggs? Yeah, just add some raisins. I'm like, that is so gross. I'm just like, oh, he would make like green bean casserole and be like, sure, it'd be good if we had some raisins. I'm like, oh my goodness. So anyway, that's why I thought of raisins when I'm thinking about adding things to the recipe because he's always trying to push raisins on me. And I have nothing wrong with raisins. I like it in my cereal. I like just a box of raisins. But the places where he puts raisins, it's like he puts it with like peanut butter. It is so bizarre. Anywho, so you're passing on along this recipe and what your parents thought about you, it was not factual. So you get to question all of it. I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. There was some good there. And there was some stuff that like, mm, probably not, that's not really who I am. Because you were being aware of it, then you started to believe it, and then you started to become it. And everybody has that place where we're just like, oh, I just wonder if I'm good enough. Let me look external. And so what this does is it teaches the child to live their life from the in to the out versus living their life from the out to the in. Lily's in seventh grade now. I'll be like, your grades and how responsible you are and the way you manage your time. And like the other day, I said, you have such a nice balance of like fun, like with her friends, self-care with your bubble baths. And like, she's always got like, she's doing this, like this hair treatment that she's doing to like condition her hair. And you like got the studying down, but you got like a little balance of all the things. And then you're like volunteering at church. I'm like, you just manage so many balls in the air. And it's so impressive to watch. And like, how do you do all that? And she's like, I know, right? Whereas Grady in fourth grade is like, yeah, I do have a pretty strong memory. Here's how I do it. Because he's starting to believe it about himself. They're going to be aware. Then they're going to believe it. Then they'll become it. Kind of like when I was teaching first grade, I used to tell my students, I'm like, here are some things that good readers do. Good readers sound it out. They chunk it. They use picture clues. They see what the author might mean. And so if they knew if they wanted to become a good reader, they just needed to do these traits. But we're all good readers already because we're holding a book. I remember when I was in high school, I had a choice between, this is so first world problems, but I just remember this. It's like these little examples that my mom, if I told her now that she did this, she'd be like, what? I don't remember anything about it. And that's the cool thing about parenting is like, you're gonna do all these things and take them on these really cool trips or like have really cool experiences or send them to like the best camps ever. And they're not gonna remember any of it. And then they're just gonna be like, I remember that random Tuesday when we were driving in the car and you said what? I was like, I did? My kids will tell me stories now. And I'm like, did you have a different mother? Like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. And then I'll tell them things. I'm like, you remember that time that was so connecting and meaningful? And they're like, huh, what? No idea. 
So we can't really control what they're going to remember and not remember. So if we just on the whole are B minus, then I want them to remember it all. Like Lily tells me all the times I traumatized her by driving by the guy who was being arrested outside my sister's neighborhood in handcuffs. Hey, didn't mean to do it. There goes my B minus. Not like I saw it and be like, hey, Lily, go look over there. I was literally pulling into the gate and this happened. We can't really control all the things. And when we let go of control, that's when we have all our control back. Isn't that crazy? It's almost like the more you allow your kids to be sad and cry and be mad and do all the things, the less they do it. It's so crazy. The other day, Lily was mad at me about something. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I really felt like she had a good point. Like I saw what she was upset. I couldn't even remember what it was. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I know. It's so annoying. I don't even like when I do that when you're not around. And she's like, oh, now I'm even more annoyed. I'm like, why? She goes, you're so hard to get mad at because you always agree with me. I'm like, well, I see your point. You're, you're kind of right. You know, I got caught up in the moment. But anyway, I was in high school and I had to choose. I was like this big first world problems. Like, is Kelly going to go? It was homecoming weekend. So exciting. I think it was like my junior year. And then I also had this huge soccer tournament out of state. And I remember having to decide between the soccer tournament and homecoming. And I was so torn. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to dis- I don't want to upset my boyfriend. And I don't want to upset my team. And it was like so dramatic. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I remember my parents just saying like, I can't wait to see what you decide. Like, I can't wait to see how you figure this out. I'm like, what? No, you tell me what to do. Like, you'll make the right decision. You always do. I'm like, no, tell me what the right decision is. And like, there's pros and cons to both. There is no wrong decision. I was like, what? I know I went to the soccer tournament and I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to do the soccer tournament. I don't want to let my team down. And, you know, there's homecoming next year. It's not like it's my senior year, blah, blah, blah. And I remember my mom saying, you're just so resilient. Like you always bounce back from things when, you know, you have to make a decision. You're, I know you're disappointed about me missing homecoming. I didn't know what the word meant when she said it. I was like, oh, I am. I bounce back. Okay. I guess I do. She noticed that within me over one little first world problems, big deal in junior year. And I carried that with me when I would be down and out, like we're struggling with infertility. I'm like, oh, my mom says I'm resilient. So I'm going to bounce back from this. We're going to figure this out. We're going to come from a place of yes. Everything's figure outable. This is going to be okay. My mom said I was resilient and she doesn't even remember saying that I was. <laughs> That's the crazy part. So always look at the effort and then the emotion behind that action because then you're reinforcing that. And then they're doing it because it feels good for them, not because, you know, what are mom and dad going to think? What are my coaches going to think? Because what happens is if they're always focused on the external validation, they become extreme people pleasers. I know this because I was so addicted to external motivation. I never thought about like complimenting myself. And if words of affirmation is your love language, this is going to fire you up because it won't really matter what other people say or think or do because you have such integrity and such a responsibility and such a strong opinion of yourself, not cocky, just a confident opinion about yourself. So when other people say things, you're like, yeah, I can kind of see that. Or she's kind of wrong. She's kind of right. And then the further they are on Saturn, it's just taken with a grain of salt. Like I can see why she thinks that, but that's just not who I am. It's like someone saying I have pink hair. I don't have pink hair. But I can see how she thinks that because she has her own model that she's working from. And that's okay. One of the greatest lines that I learned from Dr. Laura was, it's okay to disappoint people because I grew up my whole life never wanting to disappoint a soul. Well, guess what? I ended up disappointing everybody, including myself. I just couldn't keep up with it all. So now I'm like, it's okay if I disappoint people. It's okay if I forget to move the volleyball shorts over into the dryer and they're not ready for volleyball. I disappointed Lily in the process and that's okay. Did I mean to do it? I forgot. B minus baby. I'm sorry. You're right. That stinks that I forgot to do that. Because guess what happens when they forget to do something? They'll be like, that stinks that I forgot to do that. I'm sorry. 
I'm like, it's okay. No big deal. I forget stuff all the time. I went to drop Lily off at her friend's house one time and she had to be there a certain time. And she's like really, really interested in being places on time. Let's just put it that way. And I didn't have my driver's license. Like what? Who does, what is that on her driver's license? You know, I was on the phone and they needed my insurance information. So I had to go get my wallet out of the car. And then I'm telling because we have a garage. So I leave it in the car, my wallet. And so then I just left my wallet on the counter. I never don't have my wallet. I know that's a double negative. And so we get to the gate and she is just like on fire mad. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I'm so sorry. This is so wrong. I just kept falling on the sword, falling on the sword, falling on the sword. Next day, same thing, same situation. She's going to volleyball at a friend's house and there's a gate and she's like, oh my gosh, I forgot my knee pads. I'm like, no big deal. I forget my license. You forgot your knee pads. No big thing, but a chicken wing. Everything's no big deal because we're focusing on that we're all flawed and we're all awesome. I'm gonna mess up and forget my driver's license at the gate. You're gonna forget your knee pads and there's nothing to sweat about. So remember, whatever jams you up about your kids, whatever that trait is, they don't listen. Catch them listening and then reinforce. You are such, look at your ear, depending on their age. If I said this to my 10, 12 year old, they'd kick me out of the house. Maybe Grady, he falls for that stuff sometimes. Look at your ears. Oh my goodness, they look like Easter bunnies. They're so big, you're listening. Oh my goodness, what a good listener. That must make you feel so proud of yourself that you listened the first time I asked you. Oh my goodness. Very animated, very fun. Everything's light and fluffy and no big deal. We wanna make such big deals out of all the little things when they really are no big deal. I promise you. And I do the same thing. Sometimes I get all jammed up. I'm like, okay, Kelly, Kelly, chill out. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Your kids want a chilled out parent. Just like we want chilled out kids. If you want kids that are chill, then we have to be chill first because they don't know how to be chill naturally. Some kids are more high strung than others. Just going to say, I might be a little more strung than others. So if I'm high strung, guess what I have? I have high strung kids. And that's why for so many years, my kids were like walking on eggshells. Huh, I wonder where they learned that. Now, when we don't have ego, we're like, oh, it can't be me, it can't be me, it can't be me. I remember having the thought in my head, oh my gosh, if I'm the problem, then I'm the solution. Let's go, game on, come on, kids. And then I started to hear all the messaging and all the things that I was telling myself, like I could never disappoint my kids. They needed to be happy all the time. I was worried Lily was gonna be like, you know, not go to prom. I was worried Grady was like gonna have ADD in first grade and be diagnosed and like be held back. All these things were just story, all just story made up in my ego. Little Edith came out to play. Another line, Dr. Laura said, it's okay to disappoint people. And then Brooke Castillo said, it's okay for people to be wrong about you. Isn't that freedom? Even people within my four walls, it's okay for them to be wrong about me. I'll take what they say. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see that. I don't see it all, but okay, I'll meet you halfway. What part are you right about me when you say that? Because then you just drop it and you're like, literally, I'm going to do a whole podcast about when your kids are mad at you or your spouse is mad at you, just agree with them and not agree with them in a passive like, oh yeah, you're right. You're always right. Yeah, not like that. Not like condescending, always right. But you can always agree with the emotion. Our goal is we're trying to change the behavior, but we never want to change the emotion. If we're seeing a frequency of a certain emotion, then we're like, hey, let's talk about that emotion. What's some things we could do? Because this isn't really working for me. You throwing that stuff across the house doesn't really work for me. Yeah. But we don't have the conversation during calm water. We get them out of that zone. And it's okay for your kids to be mad. It's okay for them to be sad. It's okay for them to be angry, disappointed, frustrated, overwhelmed, all those things. All of it okay. You know how it's okay? Because I'm 46 and I feel all of those things. Sometimes every day, all of them. Sometimes once a week and it's all okay. Just because we don't understand the reasoning behind it, it's in proportion to their age and their stage. So they're feeling overwhelmed because we're shouting 17 different directions to get out the door. We know what overwhelm feels like. 
Overwhelm feels like having too many emails, having too much work on our plate, having 17 bosses telling you 100 things to do. We know what overwhelm feels like. So when they're crying about their homework, go straight to the emotion. They're feeling overwhelmed. This is too hard. I've done things that are too hard. I was trying to get a new driver's license. I'm like, this is so hard. This is so hard. My brain was like trying to stop me. I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. I can do it online now. Are you kidding me? So connect with them on the emotion and then reinforce that behavior that you're seeing it more and more and more. And then you're going to get more and more and more of it. Just like Mark Holly can talk me. Our energy is everything. When he said, it feels like she's always mad at us. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not the energy I want to give off. You're going to empower your children in the process. You're going to focus on what they're doing right. You're going to see more of it. Just like when we were potty training. If you've potty trained yet, you catch them going pee pee on the potty. You have a potty dance. And then you say, yay, you you must be so proud of yourself. And you say that over and over and over and over, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, just like we do with our math facts. Grady started off learning one plus one. Now he's doing triple digit multiplication in fourth grade. Uh, what? How do you make that leap? Reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. Oh, this is hard for you. Reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. Let's practice some more. Oh, there's an app for that. So we get super curious and we don't get furious. Come at it like it's a reading strategy you're trying to teach or a math strategy or you're trying to teach them how to save money, whatever it is, they have to learn so much. And it's all going to be okay because it's going to be patience and it's going to be reinforced. And then it's just bringing consciousness around it. Like Lily was forgetting to wear her brace at night before bed. She wears one for scoliosis. She's not in trouble. There's no big deal. I'm like, hey, I've noticed your brace is on the floor. It's not moving. What's going on? I know it's just so uncomfortable. I'm like, listen, listen, Linda, I don't want to micromanage you. But like, what can we do to make this better? Because like, it was like $10,000. So we got to like put it on. Okay. So how can we think of a win-win? So she's like, I know. So I'm like, I know it stinks. It's totally awful. How can I help you bring more consciousness around it? She's like, well, maybe if I put it on before, you know, I come in to say goodnight. I'm like, that's such a great idea. Let's go. And then I can knock on wood. Let's go. Keep it light, light and fluffy. Everything's light and fluffy. She's not in trouble. No big deal. Consciousness around it. It's like flossing your teeth. If you don't floss your teeth, how are you going to start to floss your teeth? You're going to bring consciousness around it. You might make yourself a chart. You might ask your husband or your spouse to remind you. You might leave the dental floss out. It's all just about creating habits. And from getting from point A to point B, the way that you learn is the same way our kids learn. They want to be encouraged. They want to be praised. They want to be complimented. Whatever their love language is, do more of that over and over and over. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And reinforce over and over and over. That must make you feel so proud of yourself. That must make you feel so responsible. That must make you feel like you have such a strong memory, the way you can remember a a word. And then two hours later, you have it memorized forwards and backwards. Like, how do you do that? I wasn't able to do that in fourth grade. Over and over and over. And then they will be aware of it in the beginning. They will start to believe it. Like, hey, maybe this chick's right. Kind of like my mom told me I was resilient, even though she didn't remember saying it. And then they start to become it. So I'll be like, Lily, you're so responsible. She's like, I know, right? Oh my gosh. And she'll like flip her hair. It's so cool to see. This is a girl who used to be scared of her own shadow in kindergarten. Couldn't leave my side. I always used to say she wanted to climb back on my uterus. And now she's like, yeah, I know, right? I know. I really got it going on. And again, not in a cocky way, in a very self-confident, poised, like I'm doing my best. And it's B minus and all the rest doesn't matter. Everything's light and fluffy. Everything's no big deal. Energy is everything. Watch the tone. Watch the eye rolls. Watch the energy. Watch the huffiness. This is something I'm always constantly aware of. And if I'm dealing with something, Lily will be like, what's wrong? I can feel your energy channel. I'm like, oh my, are you psychic? What's going on? I just got an email that I, it really stressed me out. So our kids will always be aware of it. And then if we're aware of it too, then it's like teamwork makes the dream work. I'll talk to you next week, guys. I love you so much. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your compliments. 
and all of your praise of me to make this easier because this is very, very difficult. So tag me in your Facebook stories and it will light me up like a Christmas tree. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.